Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, what do you think about the Toronto Raptors? Doodoo. Uh, Jimmy, uh, can you please name an extinct bird? Doodoo. Well, actually, it's the dodo, but close enough. What kind of magic did the New Orleans natives practice? Doodoo. Close. The answer we're looking for is voodoo. What is your teammate Andrew Wiggins' number in French? Doodoo. What's the opposite of don't don't? Doodoo. You were in the bathroom for a really long time. What was taking so long in there? Doodoo. Welcome to episode 72 of Wolf's Cast, the show that played the same amount of minutes in the All-Star game as Jimmy Butler. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Dudu. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on the show. It's been a, a long week of long uh, week. basically no NBA basketball, but except for the All-Star game. Short work week. Thanks, President's Day. Oh, uh, yeah. Loving you. Although, you know... I like to have my holidays full of NBA action, like MLK Day. You know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's a, a little weird holiday. to have the day off work and no NBA to watch. Just cruel. Just nothing cruel but daytime prank. TV or something. How are you supposed to do that? Oh, man, I tell you. I have been sleeping so much this week. I, instead of staying up late watching Timberwolves game, going to bed at a reasonable hour, and I couldn't be more unhappy about it. You're saying it's uh, good for your health. Yeah, but bad for my mental health. So, you know, you tell me. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Well, uh, we got a jam-packed show, despite the fact there's no uh, new Timberwolves games to talk about. I wonder if um, Thibodeau saw Black Panther this week. I bet he did. I he bet he, he did. spent the whole weekend he's a at movie the buff. cinema. Movie buff. We're gonna talk. Uh, Actually, I bet he's catching up on his Oscar films. He yeah. seems like the kind of guy who wants to watch them all. Before he's the got a lot. Year. He's got a lot. Uh, today on the show, we will talk about the All Star Game, um, as well as a few other things. Uh, we also have uh, a sponsor. Uh, we have uh, five questions with, and today on uh, five questions with, uh, we had a very special guest, uh, Alan Horton, the radio Ooh. voice of the Timberwolves. He joined us for five questions. That's coming up later in the show. Don't miss it. Then we'll have weekly Wolfies, and uh, Scott has prepared a game as always. So yeah, good show, good show uh, coming up for you. That's why we're the number three best Timberwolves podcast. Mm-hmm. We got the illustrious guests <laughs> in the studio. All the best guests. They come to my house. They sit down and they record. So, uh, what yes. other podcast do you listen to that's playing games like this? Ah, so so amazing. We got it all for you. But yeah, let's uh, let's jump in and um, talk about last week. And uh, we got to briefly say the Wolves beat the Lakers last Thursday. Seems One like, and oh, undefeated seemed, this week. Seems like a long time ago, but uh, you know uh, we met, we were recording during that game. But the Wolves took care of business uh, before they went on the break. I didn't go home and watch it right away, Neil. No, I knew that we were going to have this stretch of yeah. nothingness. I see. So I said, you banked it. I'm going to save this one until I re- I'm feeling really like hungry for a Timberwolves game. And sure enough, around Tuesday, mm, delicious. That's a pro move right there. Yeah. You, you just had it. a fresh game waiting for you when you mm-hmm. needed it rather than like right off a of back to back or something. Back when we had DVR and cable, actually. Now I just stream stuff. Yeah. Back when I had cable, I would record one game during the year and then not watch it. And then in the summer, I would watch it. It'd it's be a great. game. Like during the baseball season, it'd be like August or something. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch that Timberwolves game. I didn't watch from last season you don't even remember if they lost or won this is like a totally new thing yeah i mean i had the time we i think it was cat's rookie year that when we beat the warriors in the season they went 73 and nine mm. yeah, yeah yeah we were one of their nine losses i had that saved on my dvr for like two years and yeah. you didn't know it no i knew it was there i oh, watched yeah. it it was just like something i could always go to in times yeah, of that's trouble a gem. You know? that's a gem you got to hang on to uh, that's the worst part about disconnecting cable was losing that all right, let's talk about uh, All Star um, and uh, the the whole the whole weekend. Although you know the Wolves didn't really have much uh, much as far as representation in uh, anything other than the big game, which is how you want it to be, I guess. You know the bad teams they got to squeeze in a guy into the skills competition, oh, or yeah, something like that. So it's kind of a nice new world to be in where we don't have any weird. rising stars or anything. It feels <laughs> weird not to be more invested in Friday and Saturday night. Those, yeah. those really are time to shine between <laughs> rising stars competition. We've always had you know a bunch rookies uh for because we keep rebuilding this team over and over again so for years that was our game and then we had the dunk competition with zach levine cat in the skills competition yep, yep. heck even caleb in the three-point competition that's right so nothing for us in either of those but it was great to actually 
care about the Sunday night game for a change. Yeah, it was a strange feeling to have a player announced, uh, you know, as a, as a you know, a star, not a starter, but as a player in the, in the All-Star game. And the Wolves had two. So, you know, that was super fun. But, you know, Cat was on the sidelines for Saturday night. Yes. You know, cheering on Devin Booker. Very happy uh, his, for his, old, teammate. his old teammate and stuff. So he was there. Butler nowhere to be seen. Uh, apparently partying or doing whatever he was doing to potentially, you know, convince him and maybe not play uh, Sunday nights. But yeah, Cat was there, uh, loud and proud. You know, who were uh, some other players on that Kentucky team? Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, Willie Cauley Stein, Trey Lyles was on that team. Trey Lyles. I think that, those were the four that went in the lottery. I believe. Yes, that's because I was just thinking. Right. You know, Phoenix is in a bad place. Yeah. We've been there before. We know you can't keep your stars forever. I mean, they have the advantage of locking up Booker for the next five years, I guess. Right. But if, you know, it was one of those things where you, you want to go play with your friends, you know, Cat could always be like, Kentucky, Yo, brethren, come back to yeah. me. Devin Booker to come back. But I'm not sure we'd want – I mean, I really like Trey Lyles, but, uh, you know, he's not a big needle mover. Yeah, can, I, the Kentucky thing is a fraternity within the fraternity right. uh, of the NBA. It's like how it's everyone's like, always rumored uh, Boogie to be teaming up with John Wall again yeah, or something. There's like know? 25 Kentucky players. Tons of Kentucky players. <laughs> so, yeah, they should all team up someday. Um, but yeah, it was fun watching Booker scorch the three point contest. Yeah. Anything else that, uh, you want to talk about from Friday or Saturday, um, before we talk about Sunday stuff, mm. the right guy win the dunk contest. Did you think? Yeah. I thought yeah. So. Donovan. We watched that together. We watched Saturday night together. He, you know, he was, he was real solid. I thought it was a good, good dunk contest. You know, everything happened quickly. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new, uh, only get three attempts dunk rule is very good rule. I don't like it. No, you I want think, him to go the whole two minutes? No, I don't want that either. <laughs> oh, okay. I want to have him four attempts. Okay. Because the problem was they would do one dunk, and if they missed it, instead it switch they were like, maybe. okay, well, I want two tries at the second dunk in case I mess up my second uh-huh, dunk. Uh-huh. So you'd see players try a dunk once and then immediately go on to a different dunk, and I think that they should at least be given the chance to do each dunk twice. And then you need a little more wiggle room. Yeah, so let's do four chances. It wouldn't slow it down. I, I already felt like the dunk contest went a little too fast this year. Okay. I enjoyed the pace. It was great, uh, but I think that four attempts. Also, I read something online today. Um, actually, we're going to talk about this piece later in tonight's yeah. episode yeah. Uh, where somebody suggested a fix to the dunk contest instead of grading them on a 10-point scale. You, it's like power rankings where you rank your dunks, your favorite dunks. Oh, nice! And that way, like a transcendent dunk isn't like on the same scoring level as a, just a normal dunk. Right? Like everyone would rank if there's like a, a historical awesome dunk, everyone could put it first. And that way, you're, you're just ranking the order of your dunks. I think that'd be a much like better it. way to score it. Yeah, yeah. Donovan was great. Good dunk contest. Larry Nance was awesome. The tip dunk was fun. Um, Three point contest, pretty chill. Definitely liked uh, Booker setting the record. Uh, and Thompson was good too. Do you think one day we're gonna watch some Tim Rule, young scrappy Tim Rules player in the dunk contest, and he'll take off his jersey and he'll be wearing a Zach Levine jersey underneath? Oh, it's coming! It's coming! Uh, like, He's it'll wearing be the Levine jersey. probably like 15 years from now or right. at least. Yeah. But it's coming. I it'll mean, be there. Vince, <laughs> we'll feel hella old. Uh, it was just two years ago. It was in Toronto, I believe. Mm, yeah, uh, they did the Terrence Ross did the Vince yeah. Carter dunk yeah. then, and Vince Perfect. is still in the league. I mean, Vince still is in the league. Yeah, to this day. Yeah, that was a good one. All right, talk about Sunday. Carl Anthony Towns um, played in the game. Double double. Jimmy Butler did not play in the game. Get that rest. Um, had had to rest. Uh, n- no reports until halftime that you know it was going to be you know a, not a night for for Jimmy though. So found out he just decided he wanted the rest, wanted a wanted a little night off. And you know, guess, how do you feel about that? Uh, I I mean it's a Timberwolves player, so I kind of have a hard time arguing that they should give it up for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think if Jimmy, Wait, there's two different things. I how do you feel about did. him resting, and how do you feel about the idea of him giving up a spot? I think I think I'm I'm fine with him resting, and I would assume that he did not plan this many weeks ahead of time. If he had the idea that he didn't want to play, he should have gave up a spot. But I am going to give Jimmy the benefit of the doubt. That it kind of was something that either came up that, that again we were we were saying he may be partying too hard something like that. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. It was something like that where it was a sudden thing or it was a sudden feeling of like ah, I'm not feeling it. I'm just not going to play. So I don't mind it. I think there was plenty of uh, injury replacements of other guys getting in and stuff. Most of them from the East. Um, yeah, is stuff. there a big difference between Lamarcus Aldridge playing four minutes and Jimmy playing zero? Yeah, not, not really. really, not really. Yeah, so I, I don't mind it at all. But maybe if I maybe if Jimmy didn't get into the game and there there was another player blocking him who didn't play. I might be singing a different tune. So. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. What about you? Well, I think, uh, first of all, 
Say they can't duck with me or they can't pluck with me or can't fuck with okay. me. Okay. They can't. I, I wrote in the Wolvescast Digest this week a little bit about this idea that Jimmy would rather have like this too cool for school reputation. Like he doesn't even care about the All Star game. Look at like LeBron and all these lames like Kevin Durant and all these stars who care too much. Jimmy <laughs> Butler doesn't care about meaningless stuff. He cares about the regular season. Yeah, he doesn't even care about like getting on the court and being seen like playing against LeBron or on Team Steph or whatever like yeah, that. I do like that about him. He's too cool. But the the internet gossip is that he imbibed too many beverages sure. the night before. There's a lot of a lot of people who said they saw him oh. the night before. Oh, we got firsthand accounts getting really, uh, you know, let's just say fill, uh, quenching his thirst. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so there is there is much speculation on the internet. There's a lot of parties. It's reason. L.A. Jimmy lives out there. Everyone's got sure. friends and family out there. So it's definitely a situation where yeah, the the, the partying was uh, was assuredly happening. I'm not going to uh, judge. I can't blame him. No, it's all good. It's all good. It's just an exhibition game, whatever. Especially during the regular season. You can't really get too drunk because you have another game or practice the next day or whatever. So you can just have a glass of Pinot Noir, which we found yeah. out that Jimmy likes, and yeah. call it a night. Um, but yeah, like we said, Cat with 17 and 10. Him and LeBron James are the only two players in the game with a double-double. So that's cool. Um, My girlfriend says I look good. Towns um, basically was just rebounding the ball, putting it right back up. You know, had some uh, tip dunks and some uh, hit some threes. I think he had two threes at least. Yeah, had some shots around the rim, a couple free throws, and and uh, yeah, I think he was one of the higher scorers in the game and played a decent amount of minutes. Looked like he might be in um, in line for an MVP. Uh, his team was up for most of the game, and um, but then he just kind of didn't get enough playing time down down at the very very end. They put Embiid back in yeah, the game. Yeah, they didn't really know what they were doing if they wanted the defense of Embiid yeah. or the flexibility of going small. Uh, so yeah, they were uh, they were out coached, out coached by Team LeBron, <laughs> honestly. Uh, yeah. But it was great to see Cat holding his own. Sometimes you see your first time All Stars coming off the bench, and they they're really. Uh, What's the word when you're passing up opportunities to everyone else? They're very uh, yeah passive. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they're 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 reverential to other players I or see. stars. Where yeah. they're like, it's my first year here. I'm just going to pass the ball, not to take too many shots. Yeah, I was looking up the history of Timberwolves players in the All Star game, and I saw that first year All Stars usually are very timid and get True. low minutes and even lower like points and stuff. Yeah, so for him, going for it. Him to get the double double, you know, first time out there, he looked comfortable. Um, I thought Embiid uh, was very good. I think he was, you know, kind of block. It was unfortunate that both him and Towns are on the same team. They have kind of a lot of the same elements of their game, and mm-hmm. and you know, are kind of obviously play the same position and stuff. And it's kind of one or the other. So Embiid was very good. So unfortunately, Towns couldn't stay out there for those final minutes. Might have been able to squeak out, squeak out the MVP if he would have been out there. Maybe if you want to win, maybe. you put Cat in the game. Yeah. You know? Um, question for you though. I just thought of this. Um, so this is Towns' third season. And um, uh, finally made an All Star game. How many All Star games do you think he will play in when his career is all said and done? He probably has what, like fourteen more years in his career. You know, knock on wood. Hopefully things go well. You know, he's he's got three under his belt say, right now. I'll say twelve. Wow, ten plus. I think as long as he's healthy, and that's why I'm saying he doesn't get in for two of them. Like maybe one at the end of his, his career where he's a little washed, and then at least one season he'll probably be out with an injury. So I'll say 12, maybe 11. I think I'll go a little bit lower. I'll probably say like nine total. I mean, it's still a whole lot. Listen but big men, big men, big men in all-star games? Oh, my God. <laughs> Neil. Hey, I'm trying to hate. Put some respect on my name. Remember that. 12 is, I mean, hey, I know we're all thinking he's going to be a Hall of Famer. 12 is a Hall of Fame number. <laughs> he just goes I up. Think. I just think that every year he's going to continue getting better. I hope so. And, you know, you won't be able to deny it. And the, worst, the hardest part is, uh, you know, piercing that bubble and getting in the first time because once coaches right. regard you as an all-star right. type player then they they'll be like oh lamarcus aldridge yeah he's an all-star he's been there before so let's just send him back yeah you know? so he's already gotten over the hump I it's think. like known at that point yeah but that's a good bet we should, if we kept long-term bets which we could do because we're related neil yeah as long this as we're both gonna alive, be going we're over, gonna be talking to each we'll other hang out yeah and this show's gonna go on for for years and years so, so yeah we, we check could, each other we could take very long <laughs> bets if either of us were organized enough to keep track of information like that anything else in all-star scott um i had a good time yeah um a couple of years we're gonna try and go to uh, the chicago all-star coming up in two years we're yep, gonna try and get to that right. we're talking about trying to get tickets hopefully we get the press credentials there you go the best podcast in the nba there you go there most you go downloaded podcast in Let's the nba go. we'll um, play in the celebrity game before we get the sponsor we want to talk quickly about um this uh dime magazine piece on uh up rocks 
NBA.com. It's the 100 best quotes from the first half of the 2017-18 NBA season. Lots of wonderful quotes broken down by month in there. Um, we'll have the link uh, in show notes. But we grabbed some of our favorite quotes from this. Let's start with our Timberwolves quotes. And you know us here. We, uh, we're we big fans of quotes. We got quote. We got some of them we have drops. Drop the Drew Wiggs, man. Right. You finally listened. I love it when some joke in the NBA culture some joke that someone says becomes part of NBA culture and then just becomes part of culture. Yeah. Like uh, one I like to say often is men, li- men lie, women lie, buckets don't. There you go. Uh, when Nick Young said that his, uh, he only gets tattoos on one arm because the other one's strictly for buckets. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, there, every year there's at least five or so NBA quotes that get so famous and so overplayed. They become memes and then they become a part of our wider culture. Yeah. So that's why I really liked reading this. There's so many hilarious quotes in there. Um, a few from other teams that I liked. Dirk Nowitzki on the legacy he hopes to leave behind. He, quote, he was a good dude and was fortunately tall. Had a nice touch, I guess. Hmm. Dirk, always self-deprecating. Hmm. Uh, Michael Beasley, when he asked when he started feeling the hot hand, he said January 9th, 1989, his birthday. Exact date. Love that. My favorite quote, the one that I think is going to be uh, you know, remembered for more than just this season, is Zach Randolph telling DeMarcus Cousins, where I'm from, bullies get bullied. In my hood, bullies get bullied. I like that. Bullies get <laughs> Even bullied. The bullies get bullied. And then Kyrie Irving has so many wacky ones. He's so crazy with his third eye stuff going on. When asked if it was important to be an NBA ambassador, Kyrie Irving said, I'm an ambassador to just life in general. <laughs> Love it. And then we have a couple uh, from Wolves players, uh, the, the couple we don't have drops for, uh, Jimmy Butler. Um, talking about Steve At- Steven Adams, he said, uh, that MFR is strong. He hit me with one screen today, and I thought my life was over. Uh, that's a good one. Another one, um, LeBron James talking about Carl Anthony Towns. He said, he has an old man game, which is very, very, very effective. Yep. Also uh, classic. And then we have a couple drops. Trey Jones is my man. Yeah, Trey Jones right there. And then we also have um, a wonderful Bielitsa quote from uh, post-game after he got mixed up with uh, Aaron Orlando Aflalo. Magic, Aaron Aflalo. I was raised on the streets. Just amazing right there. We didn't spend a lot of time thinking of our favorite quotes. Please remind us in the comments on Kanesupis or uh, tweet us with your favorite quotes of the season. Uh, Like you said, we love quotes. We'll make them into sound drops and stuff. Yeah, put them in the comments, uh, Kanesupis. And uh, And if you ever hear something really funny in a post-game interview or you hear them say something really funny on the court, let us know because we all go back and cut that audio and put it on the show. We'll grab it and it'll end up in your favorite podcast right here. Please do. Okay, cool. Sponsor time. Let's make that cash. Today's sponsor, it's a special one, you guys. Every week we have a wonderful sponsor, but uh, this is one that is uh, near and dear to Timberwolves uh, fans. Uh, Do you have a head that is only partially chilly? Uh, Do you enjoy draping fabric over your body seemingly willy-nilly? Are you anti-symmetrical? Well, we have the perfect product for you. It's the Kevin Garnett Half Hood. That's right. It's a hood um, that, uh, you know, like a hoodie, you know, it connects to generally a sweatshirt of, of sorts. And, um, you know, this hood is, uh, you know, this hood is something you can wear in, in so many different situations. Uh, something that's nice about this hood, the Kevin Garnett half hood, it's also detachable. It's one of those zip hoods. That's right. You can uh, tuck it in under your shirt. Maybe you have an article of clothing that, you know, doesn't have a hood, but it should have a hood. You can just attach it right to that or tuck it in under your, under your t-shirt, whatever you might want to do. You've all seen KG rocking the half hood, and now it can be yours. I love this product, Neil, because let me tell you, I'm the kind of guy who at night when I get hot under the covers, mm. I just stick one leg out. Just, just one. have one leg out, cool the body down. <laughs> you know, sometimes when I'm sitting on the bus, and yeah. I have my stocking cap on, which you can buy your wolf pub oh, hat. plug within a plug. At uh, our website, wolfscast.com. Wolfscast. Get, a, get that palm hat. Sometimes I'll get so toasty, I'll just raise raise it above my ear, maybe yeah. above my ears. Yeah. And so, and you know, honestly, the reason why we all love hoodies is when I put on a pullover, I get too hot. And how, what, what are your options then for cooling down? Nowhere to go. Raising the sleeves is about it. Whereas a hoodie, you know, once you get hot, you unzip it. And then all of a sudden, your front is nice and cool. And that this just extends that trend. Because it's like, well, it's the hoodie for your hood part. Where if your head gets hot, you only have half a hoodie. So you're good for the go for that. It's an amazing product. If you're a Timberwolves fan, um, you know you know what we're talking about here. Talking about the Kevin Garnett half hood. 
and uh you know kg is a legendary figure around these parts here in minnesota and uh well, you know everyone's just always kind of looking for way we always look to him um for fashion cues especially and, and different ways to innovate and and really stand out in a crowd kg was known for that known for his flamboyant very very vocal very uh you know intense nature and, and this hood is another way to um kind of bring those ideas across in, in what you wear um so you gotta check out the, the kevin garnett half hood you guys don't just take our word for it listen to these testimonials from satisfied customers i ain't never going to not wear my half hoodie again it's so damn comfortable half a hood yeah i want half a hood full hood is way too much when i like to go out on the town i always rock my kevin garnett half hood because i want to show off my spectacular hair and my beautiful ears um, I only have half a face, so this this product is perfect for me. I paid full price for a half hood. I'd do it again. It was worth it. So yeah, make sure you check out the Kevin Garnett half hood. Just go to kghalfhood.com, and um, it's the only product for sale over there. Let them know that Wolf's Cast sent you. You can use promo code DUDU, and you'll get 50% off the hoodie that already is 50% off. You get it? Go check it out, you guys. The Kevin Garnett half hood. Thank you so much to the Kevin Garnett half hood for sponsoring this episode of Wolf's Cast. Up next, it's time for Five Questions with Alan Horton. Alright, it's time for Five Questions with the segment where we interview somebody and uh, ask them uh, pretty much just five questions. Um, everybody in uh, uh, Timberwolves Nation knows um, our guest today. Uh, he is in his 11th year as the radio play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He is Alan Hort. Alan, welcome to the Wolvescast Studio. Neil, thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast, you brother Scott, and uh, it's. It, I think what uh, tipped it for me was was last. I became a, a, listening to every single podcast was uh, wow. was the Tom Bodeau, uh Let's see the throat lozenger commercial. <laughs> I, I that that you guys got Tibbs to step up and, and be a sponsor for the noisy boy noisy noisy boys. boy. Wow, yeah. he nailed it. And, yeah, that was um, a sponsor last year. I've been year. waiting for him to come back, but I think he did a good job. That I think that the he sold the product better than you ever imagined we sold out of all the products yeah. you know so you know we put them out of their inventory so <laughs> they didn't really they don't really need um our help anymore but yeah uh you know noisy boy throat lozenges that oh. was that was a huge uh sponsor get for us Gosh. last year i'm glad you heard that one yeah and, and for tips to step up like the thought was huge it's, and, it's big and he's yeah. getting innovative with it you know he's got a nice contract over there you know doing both jobs but he <laughs> likes to get some side income as well he's doing that uh, obviously you know with uh, noisy boy lozenges okay um alan you're here for five questions yes, we're gonna let's do it we're gonna dig right into it um first question you know i just want to get get to know you a little bit a little bit and sort of understand sort of you know how, what made you want to become a broadcaster so i was just wondering if there's early moments in your life that that made you want to become a broadcaster i don't know certain people you heard call games or or, or what it was that sort of led you into the world of broadcasting and and how you got into this i think it was just an early um joy of sports i got into soccer i got into basketball i got into skiing i got into tennis uh, a little bit of baseball i grew in western massachusetts and you know when i was hitting uh let's say age of 10 11 12 that's right when the boston celtics began their kind of dominant run in the 80s with larry bird and kevin McHale and robert parish um and so it was kind of perfect um you know vision of storms there that the sort of the celtics were on all the time they were winning. Um, I got to go to a game maybe once every couple of years because we had three and a half hours away from Boston. Um, so I, I really developed a love of sports overall and then specifically basketball in those 80s. Um, and and unfortunately, I never got to listen to really Johnny Most, who was the longtime mm. voice, very you know unmistakable sound and un 
mistake of bias towards the Celtics, you know. <laughs> um, but they didn't really have a big radio network at the time. We didn't have the games out in Western Massachusetts, so it was always watching on TV. Um, and then I got to go to a game. Um, it was Super Bowl C in 1986 when the Patriots played the Bears, and that didn't go so well for the, the <laughs> Patriots. Um, a little better than things have gone of late under Bill Belichick. But on that Super Sunday, I got to go to with my family to a Celtics Sixers game. So it was in the height of Charles Barkley. Um, I'm not sure whether Dr. J would have still been there. I, I, he might have been there, uh, but it was Andrew Tony, and it was um, you know it was Mo Cheeks, and it was just this incredible game. Late third quarter, it was the 76ers up uh, by double digits, and all of a sudden the Celtics made a run. And Bird caps the third quarter by hitting inside of midcourt, hits a shot. And I can remember this clearly, that I, I was screaming so loud and I couldn't hear myself scream. This was in the old Boston game. And I, I knew right then that I just, this was something, this was an atmosphere that I wanted to be a part of. Like uh, the, the something about sports that kind of brings people together and you get atmospheres like that. Now it doesn't happen all the time, obviously, but that, um, that kind of triggered something. And I just, I, I, I wanted to be part of it. And then after that, I kind of, as we all kind of learned at some point, we're not going to be professional athletes. That, you know, that was a, hot, a tough realization to come to, but I, I certainly realized that it was not going to be playing you know, basketball, football, any of the major sports. So I wanted to stay involved. And um, I think that's where kind of my passion and my path began to find its way to broadcasting. And then what, what, were, what were some, you know, broadcasts or what, what sort of um, broadcasts or things you saw or watched, like really that in for you? Because, you know, you could have been interested in sports and, you know, does thing, you know, maybe the front office or, mm-hmm. you know, in a, a different sort of role, major role or a f- training role, a physical trainer or something like that. Like wh- what was it about broadcasting? Did you have any influence from, you know, friends or family that, that did something like this that made you think like, oh, I, I could do that. I could get behind a mic or I can get in front of a camera. Yeah, it wasn't really anything like that. It was just, um, I, I just sort of naturally came to be. I mean, my parents say that they, I, I don't really remember this, but do I by play in the backyard when you're playing around with your wow. buddies and playing football and stuff like that they said i got into some play-by-play um nice. but it just um it just kind of developed that way and i i would there wasn't even really one certain broadcaster that that kind of tried to emulate it was so growing up in western massachusetts we got we got tea and radio stations from boston from albany from new york city the fan um, uh, wfan in new york um beamed up and and i could listen to Mets games at night i could get the red sox games and so i just listened to um, I'd listen to anything that came on, even if it was um, community college basketball in the middle of the night or high school basketball. Um, and I ended up doing some high school basketball in, in Vermont in these small towns. And it was just, um, you know, I, I, have, I, I love listening to the way different people broadcast. And it doesn't even have to be play-by-play. It can be a podcast. It could be a, a talk show host. It could be any kind of thing, political, um, sports-related, whatever. I, I just, I, I enjoy the way, hearing the way People attack different things and how they go about it. And I think think you can learn from any kind of medium and and, and pull something where you say, you know what, I don't like that, but I would kind of do it this way. And I kind of take that. Like vocabulary is a big thing. I love watching Premier League soccer. Mm -hmm. And I love the way the British announcers, Arlo White is just, I mean, he's he's incredible. Um, And the way he drives things. I don't think you can go completely, you know, with the British accent and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> a lot of their vocabulary doesn't translate. But yeah. some things I think can uh, translate. So I, I just think listening to as many people as you can uh, kind of influence the way I, than a way I do the broadcast. All right, question number two. Um, I just wanted to ask you about calling games for the worst team in the NBA over the last 10 years has improved your skills as a broadcaster. Um, you know, don't mean to dump on the Wolves who have had had a rough go of it over the last decade, and you know maybe they're not technically the worst team in the last uh, 10 years by uh, by a winning percentage. But I don't know. I'm just sort of interested in the idea that um, you know we, when when working losing team, mm-hmm. what what's different about broadcast, and how do you keep a fan base? You know, who has you know just had years and years of losing and yeah. not being in the playoffs, sort of entertain when um, you know the product on the court isn't quite there in a lot of those in a yeah. lot of those years. No, selling hype just is, gets old after a while. Sure. I guess. selling the future. Yeah, I think that's one of the keys to broadcasting. I think you have to be true to your listener. And if, like you just said, if you try to hype up a 15-win team on the Rambus era, 32 and 132, oh. that's ingrained <laughs> in my head for two years. 17 wins, 15 wins. Um, if you try to hype something up that doesn't you know, 
fit the eye test. If if I'm telling you how great this team is and you're out to Target Center and you see Alexi Pesharov and Nate Jawai throw the ball away uh, time and time again, um, don't mean to pick on those two guys. Wow, those names. Wow. <laughs> well, see, that's the other thing, too. During this span, you've just got these incredible names that just had these little brief periods of time, but those are ingrained yeah. in there, you know? Um, whether it's Miroslav Radulica. Or, oh, you know, nailed I mean, it. It's just, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's Jello Ball. Oh, the, the Mikhail Jello Ball. Oh, yes. Just, I mean, the one. names go on and on. It's great. But you have to be true to your listener. And if you're linked something that, that, that they come out to Target Center and it doesn't quite match up, you've lost credibility. And then they're not going to believe um, you the next time around. And so I was fortunate to come in in 2007. So 07, 08 was my first season. And our studio host and executive producer, John Fokey, also joined at the same time. And we both got hired very late. And so we were kind of playing catch up that entire first year. But um, we were fortunate in the sense that we both have the same kind of philosophy, I think, when it comes to a broadcast. We have got a three-hour window, roughly, with pregame and postgame to keep people entertained and keep people abreast of what's going on in this game and around the NBA. And you almost try to shift the focus from, uh, you know, that this team is struggling to to almost, hey, we've got a shit to do. We've got content to put out there. We've got to find a way within reason to keep people entertained, to keep people um, from changing the dial. And it, it wasn't always easy, but I think when you approach it that way, you try to take the winning-losing aspect out of it almost you know, try to push it to the side as much as you can. I mean, that doesn't mean you're not going to say, hey, this is this is a rough game for the Wolves. They're 2 of 13 from beyond the arc here in the quarter. You know, you're not going to hide from things, but there are always individual storylines. There are always team storylines. There are NBA storylines to talk about. And you're going into these these great arenas, and, you're, and oftentimes you're facing a team that is superior to what the Wolves were. Uh, and, and so there's always things to talk about. And I think, um, you know, any kind of reps you can get, I still feel like I'm, in, in a way, I mean, 11 years in, I still feel like I've got so much room to improve. Uh, never feel like you have that perfect game uh, or a perfect broadcast. You know, a coach is driving for it, and they push players and time and time again to get the perfect game, and it never happens. Same thing on a broadcast. I'll, I'll get frustrated with the way things are going, but you just take a deep breath, and you almost kind of start over. Okay, well, let's pretend someone has just tuned in now, which is probably the case. Um, and so... It's uh, it, you'd obviously love to have the team winning more. That does make things easier. You got more positive storylines to talk about. But um, I really think that that helped mold myself and John into now where the broadcast is that we're winning. It's just made it all that much more sweeter and easier because we've gone through tough times. Yeah, and do you do you, do you notice that with the with the fans at all? Have you noticed that maybe you know in the have you noticed a change? I guess in the fans and and maybe who's listening or or what sort of feedback you're getting? Because I would imagine during those tough times, which we're hoping and assuming now that we're out of, we're cleared out yeah. or something like that, but we never know. Hopefully, um, but I, I would just mean that the type of fans that stay with you at that point are maybe people you know like myself and maybe some of our listeners here who you know aren't you know don't enjoy the thing obviously, but they're yeah. the type of fan who are going to watch and listen uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so is that something you've seen sort of change these days with the improvement of the team, just maybe more of a general sports fan kind of, of, of listening in? Yeah, I think so. And I think also with the the way social media has gone, and now the ability to interact with a broadcaster, which wasn't really there in 07, 08, 09. That was 10. early days of Twitter. Yeah, yeah. it was the early days. And now – you know, it's so easy, fan, to reach out and just tweet at me and and say, "Hey, I, I like this," or bring up a topic and, "Hey, what's with the Wolves' three point shooting?" or "What's with their defense?" Don't mean to pull put up two negatives right there for the Wolves, but um, no, it's uh, it, it has been, and and there are some fans that have been there f- since I got here, obviously well before I got here, but they've been interacting with me for so long that I, I really feel happy for the fans that. That I that I see at Target Center every single game, who've yeah. been buying the season tickets, who've been listening for years, and now they're finally getting rewarded with a product that is one of the best in the NBA. Yeah, that's great. All right, question number three: uh, When you're on the road with the Wolves, seems like you get placed in many different locations um, in an NBA arena. Uh, what are some of your favorite and least favorite spots, and um, how do they affect? Um, how you call a game. I would imagine if you're yeah. up in the corner of the lower level or something like that, up in sort of like a suite level sort of uh, perch um, versus sitting courtside, um, it, would, it, would, it would change how you are perceiving the game, yeah. how how close everything is, how much you can hear things. Um, is is that something that, you, obviously been doing this a long time now, 
uh, is that still something that you think about and have to sort of bring into your routine and, and your and your preparation, or um, can you just set you anywhere and you're you're doing your same thing? <laughs> it's uh, it is interesting because I think Neil, a lot of people think that we're courtside for every Always, game, yeah. and that used to be the case. And then somewhere along the line, teams started to realize. Um, you know what? We can sell those four home radio spots and four visiting radio spots for every home game. That's eight seats times what? You know, depending yeah. on your arena, thousand, fifteen hundred, yeah. two thousand, twenty five hundred dollars a seat. Yeah. Um, we can make a lot of money and push these guys up to the upper deck or yeah, somewhere. So there's only about uh, five or six places left where we're courtside. Occasionally, wow. if there's national TV and there's no local TV, we sometimes get to jump down to nice. the to the local TV spot. Uh, but it, we, we are really we run the gamut of where we are in the arena. Um, and our spot in Target Center, um, I've been there since I started in 07, is the platform above the Wolves bench, kind of as you walk back into the concourse level. Um, it's a great spot. And it's gotten better over the years because everybody else in the league has pushed us into some really, really odd spots. Okay. So at Target Center, you know where the media sits, but the, yes. beyond, at the end of the Wolves bench, kind of up in the corner. In Boston, we are probably about eight to ten rows up in that corner, okay. and it is just a weird angle. You can't see three of the four corners of the floor because you're kind of low enough where you can't get high enough to see it. You're boxed out by the players who are standing late in games, um, and I got burned there a couple of years ago, I, and I try not to complain about it. It doesn't do any good, and I don't think the listener um, really cares. You know, Your job is to be professional, call the game, and you do that to your best of your ability, but late in the game in Boston a number of years ago, Kevin Love hit a you know I was directly in line it was me the basket and then Kevin Love's three-point shot and it was to put the Wolves in front and the shot went through the net but it did not go through the rim it went the underside of the rim and Uh I thought it went in so I call it as a as a three the Timberwolves lead there's under a minute to go and as I'm starting to as I'm describing all this I realize that the Celtics have taken the ball and they haven't inbounded it they've just pushed it right away and I'm thinking oh no that did not go through the rim it's just a and rebound yeah. yeah it's just a rebound of yeah. an air ball and um one of number of losses that's I haven't still haven't seen a win in Boston in my time or Toronto. Those are the those are the two places I think I, we have not seen a Wolves win. Uh, we'll, get the we'll get them. We'll, we'll get, get them. We'll, we'll get them soon. We'll get them soon. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it, it does affect how you call the game, and now you have to explain. Well, why did you miss that call? And I said, well, our broadcast position is here, and it's just you know some places we are in the second deck. Um, other places were kind of beyond the baseline, like Boston, but up higher, like in San Antonio. And that's always tough when, you know, in my 11 years, you've gone from courtside and then the next year you're beyond the baseline about 40 rows up and you're just, you remember what it was like to be courtside. And so as my favorite places are any place you're courtside, even though you get boxed out by the players, by our head coach who likes to, I don't know if you've noticed, he likes to pace up and down Wander. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the referees get in the way. Uh, still, I will take courtside because you're you're a part of the action, and I think that comes through on the broadcast. Places like Orlando, Denver, Dallas, those are the highest in the league, and you just feel so removed from the game. And now you do have a fax feed, and you have, do have a TV broadcast, but I think you do have to change your approach a little bit when you go on the road in some of those places to bring a little extra energy because you're trying to make up for the fact that you're not a part of things. Um, you're not you're, you're a half a mile away from the court, and you can't see if someone get, got a nick on the face and they're bleeding. Oh, yeah. you're, just, you're kind of wondering what happened. You're looking details. for replay details. Um, and so that's it's a challenge when you go on the road from your different broadcast positions. But I think if you look at it, uh, with the right, right frame of mind of just, uh, I'm going to tackle this challenge. Hey, I maybe I need to bring a little extra energy because we're in Denver um, and, and you're so far away from the floor. But it is it is crazy, the different spots that you're located. And TV's now going through that too, where they're getting pushed up to spots where I am now in three or four different places. Yeah, that's... Jim Pete's not happy about that. <laughs> that does not make Jim Peterson happy. Maybe that's what we need. We need people to be a little more vocal about it, and then uh, you know, and yeah, that, I'm not and sure it won't happen. I, uh, I think as radio broadcasters, we are, and I think TV would fall in the same boat. Uh, obviously, they'd love to be courtside, but if you can make it between the baselines and in the lower bowl, yeah, that I yeah, I have no complaints. That's about good. That. Those yeah. are good spots. Cool. Uh, question number four. Um, uh, when you Google your name, Alan Horton, um, Ed Malloy is like the first suggestion yeah. have, um, that comes up. Maybe that's just on my computer. But <laughs> if you start typing <laughs> Alan Horton into your Google box, see if it works. Uh, Ed Malloy should like yeah. come up next to it. No, Ed Malloy! Um, a lot of people know you from that call. You made Deadspin. You made all these different blogs and stuff when, when that call happened, the O Ed Malloy call. Um, what's it like to be known for a call like that? And do you still think about that moment sometimes? 
I, I don't really think about it anymore because it's what almost five years ago. Yeah. I think it was 2013. Yeah, uh, I'll always remember it. Um, you know, against Dallas late in the game, and Love gets fouled clearly. Yeah, Sean Scott and I were there. We were in the house for, for that one. Yeah. Did you throw your shirts at yeah, the referees couldn't, and couldn't, stuff? I couldn't believe off the floor? it. Almost left. Almost rioted. Really, <laughs> that's what happened. I think Kevin Love might still be standing in that corner wondering where the foul <laughs> yeah, call was. Shocked. You never know what's going to go viral yeah. or what's going to be a big call. You, you, I, I always thought maybe it'd be a big, uh, you know, a three to win it or something like that but that that happened to be um you know happened to be a passionate play and and you know the great thing about that not so much there was a foul call and ed malloy and everything but you know the feedback i got from every single fan that reached out to me was you know it sounded exactly like i felt um as the fan and that's the that's the best uh, compliment you can get i think as a broadcaster because i think you have to bring some passion that was i mean imagine if i hadn't gotten upset at that call i i think you lose credibility with your fans mm. i mean it was it was a clear foul if you're not going to get upset about that what are you going to get upset about um i think you have to bring that passion um and to hear the fans respond that that's you know when they went back and saw the replay um on tv on on, on sports center on online um that's the way they felt. They're like, oh yeah, that's exactly you know that. that. So I pay, I thought I painted the picture very well. And that season, Neil was you know the the storyline up until that point was remember they lost all those games by four points end. or less. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we hadn't won a lot of those games. Mm. The other storyline was that we Kevin Love wasn't getting the calls. He's a superstar and he's not getting superstar calls. So that was kind of the the storylines that were building. And we had just come off the previous season in which the NBA. Twice in that spring, the previous spring, so the end of the uh, the eleven um, twelve season, had the league stepped up. Remember, Kobe um, fouled Ricky Rubio um, on a final shot of a game, mm. and they said afterwards that that he fouled him. Ricky should have been at the line to try to tie the game. Right, right, right. And then there was the JJ Barea ejection against Miami. Sure. That was Ed Malloy, and so Ed Malloy's <laughs> oh. been involved in a couple of things, and and he wasn't on the Ricky Rubio call. That was Jason Phillips. I still haven't forgotten that one either. <laughs> uh, but the the my point is that the NBA the following day came out and said we blew the call. So that happened twice, and now this happens a third time. And you knew the NBA was going to come out the next day and say we we blew the call. Yeah. It doesn't change anything. But so those were kind of the buildup toward that. And that was kind of the culmination of everything. And, and Malloy had been involved in some calls the previous spring that had gone against the Wolves. And so it all kind of culminated in that moment. So it, um, you know, you can't control what, uh, what, what's going to be remembered. And, um, you know, I, 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 I'll take pride in it, but I, I'll, I stand by it. How about that? I, I have confidence in that call. And have you and him spoken about it? You it's and funny, you know, yeah. last year, so Jim Pete joins me on a broadcast last yeah. year in LA. We're courtside. And Emma Loy's the referee. And Jim, we're, the pregame show is already underway. So Jim's got a couple of segments. I got a couple more without him. He's like, you know what? I'm going to talk to Emma Loy tonight. Because I had never run across him. Um, oh, you don't uh, really cross sure. paths with yeah. the officials because we're usually up high and mm-hmm. don't get a chance to be courtside. Occasionally, if there's a referee um, that I'm not you know, uh, familiar with his name, like get a menace, Petritus. Oh, that's one of I've our never officials. Heard that one. Wow. So I had to go ask him one okay. time, Hey, how do you pronounce your name? Yeah. I want to, I want to know. And so he was very appreciative of that. So sometimes we do kind of interact when you're courtside, but, um, I had never interacted with Emma Malloy. And so Jim tried, I go, Jim, he's not going to understand you. This is right before a game. This, ha- this happened four years ago. He's going to have no idea. And so Jim's trying to, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. So Jim takes off the headset, and I, I lose him for five minutes. I'm on the air by myself. And uh, he's he's going, Ed, do you remember this play? And do you remember the call? And he's like, Ed's kind of confused. Like, what are you talking about? And he said that uh, Jim's trying to explain it to him. He said he hadn't heard the call. And that's been always the debate. Do you think Ed Malloy knew about, about the call it, yeah. or anything? Sure, and sure. he said no, and he knew he remembered the call, Weird. though. He remembered the call, and he said he was sleepless for nights about it, which – Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what he says. All right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it didn't really come to any sort of resolution, but Jim did approach him about it, and so I don't know. It's, you tried. I, you yeah. reached out. So I, I thought my thought was that he didn't know about it, even after all the years and all the publicity about it. But a lot of people think he did. I don't know. Seems it's, like he should. But at the there. same time, if you're like a longtime NBA referee, you might like sort of learn to sort of avoid these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like don't don't Google yourself. Don't no, especially uh, after a game changing yeah, call. Yeah, <laughs> like you probably get enough of that. You probably internalizes enough of that. Yes. Um, that you probably don't go searching for uh, extra criticism of of your work. I mean, yeah. especially these days with all the drama. What we probably uh, need to do next time he's at a Timberwolves game is get him down here to the studio. Yeah. And we can really you yeah know, the Wolves cast studio bring yeah, him in. 
let's dive deep into this thing and, and get to the bottom of yeah, it. Yeah, we'll talk it out. We'll play the clip. Yeah, we got um, to show the replays. We'll get the video. Yep, we'll, yeah. we'll get we'll get him everything, and then we'll yeah we'll have a live reaction from him, and he yeah. can um he can we, he can walk us through it. It'll be like a, we'll maybe we'll do like an oral history. We'll yep. we'll get everybody we'll get all the parties involved to Absolutely. give their accounts because. Absolutely. It's a big moment. I mean, the Wolves, have, the Wolves change... have had very big moments. So I know. And maybe he could actually change the call and we could change history. And yes. Maybe, you know. Rewrite the books. Yeah. Do, do it that way. Um, wonderful. Well, thanks for giving us that Ed Mola call. That's, I want to say thank you for that because I want to say thank you for saying it. And I want to say thank you also for emailing me the MP3. Oh, yeah. That too. Like both ways. Like you did well, the I call figured you guys... and then you sent it to us. That's awesome. Speaking of the oral history of the Timberwolves, I mean, you guys have almost everything that, got, that you yes. need. So yeah. I want to provide that kind of stuff to for the for the... For the, for the young fans that are out there, they, they need, need to, to know, know the history. They need it. to know the stuff. Thank they you do. for saying it to us. Okay, last question here. Question five. Um, uh, you've had a front row seat, um, some, hopefully li- literally, to a lot of these games. Sometimes, uh, you know, a, a middle of the arena seat. Right. Um, but what I really mean by that is you're on the team plane. You're with the team in very intimately um, for the last 11 years. Uh, what's different about this season? And I kind of mean that more in a sort of what other sort of things do you see um, be, just being around the team? Obviously, adding Jimmy Butler and veteran players is, is uh, you know, will turn your fortunes around pretty quick, uh, yeah. uh, no matter what team it is. But, um, you know, what have you seen this year just from being around, you know, the losing and, and bad times for a while? What's different? What's changed? What sort of vibes are you getting that you haven't felt in a, since, you've, since you've been here? We're playoff bound. I think the biggest thing is the connection, not just amongst the players, but between the players, the coaching staff, the front office. It's the second year for... Um, nearly everybody, obviously some of the players coming in new this year, but um, with Tom Thibodeau in his second year, and I think bringing Jimmy Butler aboard, there's a different comfort level between the players and the coaches um, that wasn't there last year. And I think Tibbs knows the players a little bit better this year. I think the players know him and his staff, what's expected, you know, style of coaching, style of play that they want to have out there on the floor. Um, I think all that is better than it was last year and obviously better than it's been a long time. I think that goes a long way when you've got a comfort level. You can tell at the end of practices when we kind of are let in to see, you know, to talk to the guys and stuff, you can see kind of the the comfort level being better. And I think that translates when guys are relaxed, you know, I mean, no matter what your profession is, when you're when you're relaxed and confident, I think I think you perform better and I think we're seeing that this season. And I think you know what you're basically you're talking about is continuity. Mm-hmm. You're talking, and that's something that the team has had for maybe you know one or two years in a row, yeah. but never three, four, five. And that's sort of kind of where we're approaching now. Is and I think that's what's comforting uh, as a Wolves fan, at least. Maybe you disagree with some things, um, you know, um, the head coach and, and GM might do, or, or, or um, you know, small things maybe, or, or whatever it might be. But I think it is is going to be positive going forward of just the accumulation of all these years building up, and like you're saying, kind of coming together with these things yeah. it's bigger than sort of bringing in a player or just pl- having a streak of good games this is something i feel like that can carry over to multiple years yeah and i think that's something that wolves fans haven't seen in a, in a long time you have new coaches every year you yeah. have new gms new whole new roster a i mean new game plan talking about new- the players names you've had to learn that's yeah. <laughs> hopefully you won't have to learn so many names the next couple of years here they'll be relatively the same team and i think even when you do bring in new guys like jimmy butler jeff teague taj gibson jamal crawford they're able to fit in seamlessly whether they have a history with tom thibodeau or you know in jamal crawford's case he hasn't have a history there or jeff teague um, but they're able to fit in seamlessly because they've been around they know um, the ins and outs of how to win in this league and i think that's um I think that's translated. I mean, you know, I, I love what Tom Thibodeau says before. Every time we go to a different city, someone asks, hey, what has Jimmy Butler meant to this team? And he answers the same way every time. His first answer is everything. And then he'll go on to explain. <laughs> but it really has. It's been everything. It's it's offense. It's defense. It's off the floor. It's how to carry yourself. It's how to practice. It's how to live life off the floor and on the floor. You know, it's just it's everything. It really is. So he's made a huge difference than the rest of those veterans. And I think you know, it's just it's night and day to see where this team is um, with this veteran experience with Towns, Wiggins, um, Tyus, younger players than where it was last year with all the youth. Um, and and yes, trending upward, but you, you need veterans to win this league. We've seen it too often in, in with the Timberwolves that you know youth is not going to win games. It's just it's just not. And yeah. so you have to have that balance, and they've got that balance now. Um, and I and I think with 21 games left, I think they've put themselves in. An incredible position to try to close this out and get to that playoffs and, and get a top four seed. 
Love it. Good stuff. Alan Horton, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show. Appreciate you coming over and uh, hanging for a little bit, talking wolves, talking about uh, your career. Um, you can uh, follow Alan on Twitter at Wolves Radio. Make sure you do that. You uh, most likely already are. Alan, can you please tell folks how to listen to you? Maybe, um, you know, how people can tune in uh, yeah. and then listen to your to your broadcast. So our flagship here in the Twin Cities is 830-WCCO. You can uh, get that signal just about anywhere, which is great, uh, not only through Minnesota, but all across the upper Midwest. And on a clear night, I've got people listening. A uh, guy always tweets at me from... Uh, He's in rural Utah, which I don't think narrows it down <laughs> too much. I told him back. I told him that. I'm like, where, where, rural Utah, of, outside yeah. of Salt Lake City. I don't think. I think that encompasses the yeah. entire state. Yeah, which desert? Yeah, um, but you can also get it on SiriusXM satellite radio. Tune in if people have subscriptions to that. Um, the Timberwolves mobile app is free, and you can listen 75 miles within a radius of a Target cool. Center. So that's free. Um, that's the Timberwolves mobile app, and then if you get the t- the NBA Game Time app. Um, which is also online, uh, the NBA uh, Audio League Pass. That's ten dollars for the entire season, any game. Mm. You know, it's really it's it's fun. League wide, yeah, yeah, and it's it's fun when I'm you know when I'm at home, I'm doing the dishes. I'm not in front of the TV, so I will click on. I mean, I'll click on Denver against Phoenix. Sure. They bring it to me. It's like if I was a kid and had the ability to listen to all those different games. I mean, we were tied back in the day when we grew up. You were tied to your local team. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know about Utah and Phoenix yeah. and Denver growing up in Massachusetts. But uh, now it's incredible that I have friends in Southern California where I used to live and uh, they can listen to Timberwolves games while they're driving home stuck in traffic. And I'm just blown away by that fact. So there is, um, it's it's fun to, to know that people have more options to listen now more than ever and it's so it's it's online it's on apps it's um you know it's through traditional terrestrial radio and all of our affiliates across the upper midwest all these small stations throughout uh south dakota and minnesota and iowa it's um it's it's always cool to hear from people too so i appreciate all the support and uh, everybody listening and Hopefully we'll have uh, lots of lots more games to do, more than the 21. There you go. Tune in and uh, hear Alan call games. Uh, it's lots of fun. He's very good. And, um, yeah, Alan, once again, thanks for joining us. Neil, appreciate it. Wow, Neil, you did a real great job asking those questions. Thanks so much. I'm the one with the journalism degree, and you're the one hitting with the hard-hitting questions. That's right. Well, you know, I'm the one with, uh, I don't have a real day job, so it works out. He's got the time, you know. (laughs) That's just it. Journalism doesn't pay, kids. There you go. Get a better degree. Take it from this guy. You'll need it. (laughs) Next up, we've got Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. Time to give out some Wolfies. Who's petitioning for a weekly Wolfie at our pickup run on Sunday? Scott Ryan. Scott Ryan. Shout out to Scott Ryan, listener of this show. And He um, said if his team got Dynasty, up. which is when your team wins three in a row at pickup, <laughs> that he would have to get a weekly Wolfie. But Neil said no to that Dynasty. They already had two in a row, and then Neil's team stopped him. Is that what happened? Yep. You were the Dynasty Breakers. Oh, I seeming to remember the dynasty happening, and then we all reshot. But now their legs got too tired. After they got those too first tired. Two sorry, sorry, Scott. Uh, but thank you for listening. I appreciate that. Scott's a longtime listener of this show, and we ball together. So yeah, if you play basketball, he's the much better Scott who plays. Basketball. There are two Scotts. I don't and, know how uh, he has the energy, man. He just runs so hard. He's just zipping all over. I have no idea over. how he has the energy. But yeah, if you if you like to play basketball, you can join us. Just tweet at us, and uh, once we uh, finish the background check on you, and make sure you're not a criminal. Um, you know, you, we'll add you to our Facebook group, and you too can play Bloomington, Bloomington basketball. We've played with some of your favorite Wolves writers. We've played with Zach Harper. Yes, we've played with Steve McPherson, Alex Conover. Yeah, you know, all your favorite <laughs> Timberwolves bloggers like, to come out for a run. Uh, John, our fearless editor in chief. That's right, John before, Meyer so. coming up. So yeah, you can join us if you got some game and you got some free time on Sundays. Holla, Britt Robson. We want you out there. Yes, Britt. Bring yourself. Not for you, Jim Pete. No, you're gonna be too good. No, you're too good. You crush us. Yeah. Um, weekly Wolfie's time. Let's let's give some awards. Scott, would you uh, do the honors of getting us started today? Yeah, I'm gonna give a honorable mention shout to Taj Gibson scoring a career high 28 points in the win over the Lakers. That's a way too low of a career high. Yeah, but... that's what I thought too. It's kind of it's kind of surprising. You've been I, in the league for this many years and you've never broken 30. I'm glad he's got it in a Wolves uniform. I'm cool with that. He's having his best season. <laughs> yes. Well, the, what I'm actually gonna give the award to Timberwolves tweeted out today. It's a changing of an era, the end of an era, beginning of a new era, new look, new era. You know what it is. That's right. New Target Center at the Target Center. 
you might remember if you've taken the Skyway into the Target Center, not from the south side, not from across the street from uh, Block E slash the Mayo Clinic Square, right? but from the other side. The from ABC ramp, ABC Target Field ramps, side. Target Field side. If you came in, you know that there used to be some really heavy blue doors that you were always worried about them swinging open and hitting you because they were o- opaque. You the heaviest doors. Yeah. Do they push? Do they pull? What right. are we doing here? Which way are we going? You got to kind of like, when you walk through it, you kind of leave your hand on it so the person behind you doesn't get slammed by the door. Minnesota you know, pass nice. it along. Yeah. Yep. No, no more. They <laughs> no. have been replaced with automatic sliding doors. Wow. The future is here. So, you know, I'm Play all... the Jetson sounds. I'm all for progress. I'm all for upgrades. <laughs> Happy it happened, but they should auction off those blue doors. I'm Kill sure... them doors. I'm sure there's a few diehard Timberwolves fans who would like to install one of those in their basement or something. Maybe so. they're going to reuse them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, put them somewhere else for just good good memories. Don't let it go to waste. Maybe put no. it in the locker room so people have a harder time getting into the clubhouse. Okay, so this is a good thing. We got the got the new doors. Yeah, it's yeah. a good thing, but it's yeah. also a uh, farewell. It's a sad thing. It's yeah. a send-off. It's yeah. a respectful send-off to the heavy blue Skyway doors. Tearful, even. Mm-hmm. It's a tearful send-off. You know, it's sometimes it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. <laughs> That's right. All right. Blue Skyway doors. Next time you go through the Skyway, just waltz right through. You don't have to touch anything. Neil, what do you bring to the table this All week? All right. Uh, this is a little table. This is... A- <laughs> we got a desk right, in that, right in between That's us. That's right. Uh, my Weekly Wolfie goes to the long NBA All-Star break. Well, let me finish. Let me finish. This Whoa. is a good thing. I am, I'm giving a shout out, a thank you to the long NBA All-Star break. Um, yes, it was long. Yes, it was hard. Yes, it made us all cry. But... Also, in I'm, I'm again. I like to be a, a glass half full guy, and, and right now this this whole break has got me appreciating the final stretch here of NBA basketball. Especially right now is usually the dog days. the the t- The time between All Star and the playoffs can get a little hairy. Can get, it's when you start. T- you it's start usually when we've been tanking. It's <laughs> usually tanking. Lots of teams are talking tanking now. Thank for the Wolves are not in that group this for year. Once. For once, uh, but yes, so it can be a tough time, especially if your team is not in a playoff hunt. So I kind of appreciate now the new All Star break is a week long. It's not just uh, a long weekend. It is a full week. And really, it's got me. It's got me Jonesing for NBA. It's got me really amped up for these. There's only 21 Wolves regular season games remaining, and we got to cherish them all. Yes, oh, the team will be in the playoffs this year. We didn't drop the quote. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a Thibodeau quote. Thibodeau, as, as he does, is complaining about there being too much rest. Ah, he said it's 21 games in 47 days. Which, for perspective, we played like 20 games in 31 days. <laughs> yeah, in that's January. nice. <laughs> it's 21 games in 47 days. Coach Thibodeau said after today's practice. And there's some unusual breaks, too, in terms of we have a five-day break, we have two three-day breaks, we have four two-day breaks. For our players, most NBA players like to play every other day. Whatever comes our way, we'll have to deal with it. That is Tom Thibodeau complaining about getting too much rest in the second half of the season. Although he has a point. Our schedule has been really bad. He's complained about all the one-game home stands and how you know we've had so many of them this season and... We've had the most travel in the NBA, so there's a lot. We've played the most games in the NBA, so there's a lot to not like about our schedule. But I found that uh, funny. So there's only a few games left, so we got to cherish them all. And the week off just made me realize that, and made me think about, yeah, this is what it's going to be like eventually. Obviously, the NBA season is going to go. There will be NBA basketball until mid June. That will be happening, so don't worry. There's plenty, but especially for Timberwolves fans, for fans of teams that you know aren't going to be in the finals, aren't going to be in the conference finals. The season's wrapping up pretty quick here. We gotta cherish it, and I just like the new All Star break for for that. And hopefully, the the level of play will be higher for that break too. Neil's um, Wolfie Award goes to absence for making his heart heart grow fonder. That's right. That's 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 a beautiful way to put that. I love that. I just realized it's been a goal of mine for so many years, Neil, and I'm gonna achieve it this year. Oh, I'm gonna. Wear short sleeve shirt to a Timberwolves game and Whoa. be outside. I'm going to be outside in a short sleeve shirt. I can't believe it because we're going to play basketball in May this year. Okay, all right, all right. Predict it, predict it. Uh, very wait. nice. All right, that does it for weekly Wolfies. Let's get to this game. All right, yep. Yeah. It's a common game. game. Maybe you've played it. It's a good icebreaker. <laughs> I like to do this icebreaker because uh, it's called Two Truths and a Lie. Because you can do some really crazy things in your life, you know, and. Uh, Man, it's a great way to get to You never know which one is the lie, and that's the whole point. We've got to suss out the lie here. That's right. Figure it out. So we got four questions for you, Neil. Cool. Which means I have eight truths and four <laughs> lies. All right. 
right, we'll that should be the them. name of the game. Eight truths, eight and four truths, lies. four lies. Uh, Our first them. one is to the birthday boy. Happy birthday, Jim Pete. Shout out to Jim. Shout out to Jim. Shout Everyone to Jim. recognizes. Thank you, Jamal Crawford. Thank you, Jim Pete. That's right. Statistics are fun. They are when you give them to me, Jim. I need some more Jim drops. So, ha- ha- HBD. Yes. Jim Peterson. I'm going to tell you three facts about Jim Peterson. You tell me which one's the lie, Neil. Okay. Number one. Jim Pete was named Minnesota's Mr. Basketball in 1980 and was named the first McDonald's All-American from the state of Minnesota. Number two. Jim Pete's NBA nickname was the Ivory Tower. Number three. Jim Pete was drafted by the Rockets alongside Hakeem in the first two rounds of the 1984 NBA draft. Oh, man. They all sound right. Hmm. Um... Man, let me go. Man, was Akeem in that draft too? I think he was, or was he drafted with Samson? I'm not sure. I'll go. Um, I, I will. I will choose. I think number one was the lie. Maybe he wasn't the first Mr. Basketball or something. Ah, crap. Jim Pete was drafted in the historic Akeem Elijah. I thought you were going to be like his name was Akeem when he came into the league, not Hucky. And I would have been. I yeah. like, no, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Uh, but that draft historic, obviously Michael Jordan. I believe Charles Barkley also in that draft. Um, he was drafted in 1984, but he was in the third round of the draft. Oh, the old school old third, school third round. round. Although it was only the 51st pick, which today wah, would be wah. second round. You know, oh, so. yeah, true. All right, next question. Gorgie Jane's Louisville Cardinals had to vacate their 2013 title. Sad news. So for, sad. So, so sad. sad news for Gorgie. Uh, so here's three facts about that. Gorgie Jane's Louisville Cardinals had to vacate their 2013 NCAA title and all their wins from 2011 to 2014 because director of basketball operations Andre McGee arranged and paid for strippers and prostitutes to perform striptease dances and sexual acts for prospective and former basketball players from 2010 to 2014. That's fact one. Fact two. Coach Rick Pitino was forced to resign from Louisville because of this scandal. Fact three. Gorgie Jane's in college, entire college career has now been vacated. Oh, wow. Uh, I will... Wait, his t- entire college career has been vacated, just mm-hmm. meaning like all his Louisville wins and yes. stuff? Uh, I guess his losses weren't vacated. His, okay. his record is now never winning a game. I think the answer... I think the lie is number two. I think Rick Pitino is still there. Yes, you're correct. It's the lie. You're wrong that he's still uh, there. Okay, he had to resign okay. because of a separate scandal ah, that happened okay. about corruption and bribery. They were trying to get a hundred thousand dollars to get a player to come there. Uh, oh, so it was a different NCAA scandal. Is, different scandal. It's dirty in many ways. All right, Neil. We were talking about all stars. So here are three those kids. All star facts. Actually, two all star facts and one lie about Timberwolves and the All Star game. Okay. Kevin Garnett played 41 minutes in an All Star game. Tom Gugliotta has the most personal fouls in an all-star game by a Timberwolf. <laughs> God. Carl Anthony Towns was the first war- wolf to record a double-double in an all-star game. Oh, wow. Um, wow. I gotta think KG has had a double-double. And the, the Googs thing is just too random to be a lie. Let me go with number one as the lie. Number one. Number one. Uh, you were right. Kevin Garnett's had double-doubles. Cat yeah. was not the first to record a double-double. Kevin Garnett, in 2003, the year he won MVP, played 41 minutes in a double-overtime victory for the West. Wow. Scoring 37 points in that game. MVP? MVP, KG. All right. So you got MVP. So Googs, you made up the Googs thing. No, no, I made up the cat thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Googs yeah, is yeah. tied with KG. They both each had an all-star game where they fouled three people. Got it, got so. it, got it. And finally, it's a topic of consternation among all Timberwolves and maybe NBA fans, the minutes that Tom Thibodeau gives plays his players. So here are three, two facts and one lie about Tom Thibodeau and minutes. Number one, every year that Tom Thibodeau has been a head coach in the NBA, one of his players has been in the top five in minutes played. Jimmy Butler, this is number two, Jimmy Butler is playing the most minutes of his career this season. And number three, Jimmy Butler has been the top four in minutes played for the past five seasons. Oh. Wow, this is this is one of the hardest games ever, let me say. Wolves cast history, hardest games ever. Um, uh, I think number one is true. I'm going to say, 
I'm going to say the last one is the lie. Jimmy Butler in top four. That's my. That's what I think is a lie. Oh. I only got one, right? Jimmy is, is number one in the NBA this season. Was number four tied with Carl Anthony Towns last season. In the season he wasn't coached by Tibbs. He was number three in 2016, also not coached by Tibbs. He's number one in 2015 and number one in 2014. Wow, so he's always been number four in the yep. top four. But in 2014 and 2015, he played 38.7 minutes a game. This year, he's only playing 37.3. Ah. So he's playing a minute, a minute and a half less per game, still leading the league as of tonight. Good one. Can't win them all. Can only, only win one of those. That's how it goes. Good game. Two truths and a lie. Hope you did well out there playing along at home. That's the fun, too. That's why I like to play a game. You can play along at home. Yeah, here's a play along at home one for you, listener. Oh. Uh, fact one, you're listening to the number three Timberwolves podcast. <laughs> fact two, we hate you. And fact three, we love you. Which one is it? Which one's the lie? Let us know in the comments. I don't know. <laughs> you have to let us know. All right, we've reached the end of the show. Appreciate you guys sticking around Shouts to, to this Alan point. Morton. Just Alan Horton for a great interview, hanging out. Going to get that Wolvescast bump. Listener of Wolvescast, Alan Horton. Uh, he's you know shouting out specific moments in Wolvescast history, so that's really very cool for him to be listening to our show. Really appreciate that. That's that's amazing. Go ahead, Malloy! Oh, that's a foul! <laughs> we were at that game, Neil. Oh yeah, we were at that game. I still think about it like. Very regular. Yes. All right, before we go, we need to give out a couple shout-outs. Like uh, Scott said in the game, it is Jim Peterson's birthday. He is getting older, and we love him lots. And um, he has done an amazing job as uh, you know, color analyst uh, for the Wolves at FSN. Obviously, everybody knows that. We talk about all the time. You're like wine, Jim. Jim. You get finer with time. Yes, that's right. Also want to shout out Canis Hoopus um, hey. for having us our, our, as a our. part of the team. We love it over there at Canis Hoopus. It's super fun, and uh, there's been some good stuff going up on the site. Uh, we have uh, every week now, we have the Wolves Cast Digest. Which I put that together. Scott puts together a bunch of links and some other fun stay stuff. Stay up late at night to do it. And uh, that goes up every Thursday, so we're looking for that. Uh, this week's is up. Go go check it out. Also, um, Canis Hoopus, another great post featuring a whole bunch of different writers, uh, five-on-five all-star review just uh, a couple different topics and uh, lots of different writers chiming in it's all gold there's absolutely no in that one uh great also darby's get over to darby's that's right every tuesday night 6 p.m i love it when people listen to the podcast come i love putting faces to names Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we have so many people come and play you get an extra point at trivia if you draw a little basketball up by your team name we call it the podcast point you'll only hear about it here on the podcast and it is often what separates first from second or third from no prize at all. So make sure you're drawing that basketball up there. And come on by. Say hi to me. I'm a friendly guy. It's free to play. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to our show this week, everybody. We'll be back next week with another one. Nice knock away the defense of Jimmy Butler. A second block shot. Outside Thomas. Shot clock at six. Thomas to the right. Butler again. Butler's playing here. Wow. Defense by Jimmy B-